You're listening to the Painkiller Podcast. A group of Antarctic scientists find themselves cut off from the outside world. With communications down and stocks limited, a glaciologist tries to send a message. Hello, this is Harley Research Station with the British Antarctic Survey. Is anyone receiving me? Our satellite link's gone down and we wanted to check if anyone else is having issues. Hello? Um, time is 0400 hours, 25th of May. Hello? Hello, this is Halley 6, latitude 75 degrees, 34 minutes, 5 seconds south, longitude 25 degrees, 30 minutes and 30 seconds west. Time is 1345, 27th of May. Can you please confirm? Is there anybody out there? Hello, this is Halley 6, 1st of June. Please respond. Me again. 11th of June, 7pm. Hi, so it looks like we're talking to exactly nobody, which, if you think about it, is basically the same as anybody at all. And in that case, I'd like to speak to Dr. Teresa Abramoff at Selwyn College, Cambridge. She's probably in the library. I know this is all recorded, so just... Just let me know if that's a problem, you know, say any time. Great, excellent, so... Hey Tess, it's me. It's been two weeks now since we lost contact. Everything went down at once. The satellite link, the Wi-Fi, all the phones... Everything but the shortwave. And no one's answering that. We thought it was a problem on our end at first. An equipment failure or something. But, well, Solsit thinks that something's happened to all of you. We take it in turns with the radio. We're afraid we'll miss something, so there's always someone in here. Day and night. Night and night. Macintosh has been reading his research into it, just in case anyone out there's a real slut for ozone data. It's dark all the time now. Wind speed's 35 miles an hour and the temperature's down to minus 40. It hurts to breathe outside. When it's clear, you can see the southern lights. Aurora Australis. Just a little bit of atmospheric theatre. Sometimes when it's quiet, you'd swear you could hear them in the sky. Rustling. We're starting to hate each other. I suppose it's kind of inevitable when there's only 12 of you trapped in a state-of-the-art six-form centre at the end of the world. And the panic sets in. There's so much static down here, you can't touch another person without electrocuting them. Everyone's crackling in the corridors. It'd be better if we weren't all such scientists about it. We just can't resist a bit of speculation. Also, the library's shite. There are like ten histories of the Scott expedition and they all end the same way. Everyone freezes to death in a tent. 
I don't think we'll freeze, by the way. The food will run out before the heat does, and there's enough food to get us to September in the spring if someone comes to get us. And then there's extra rations in the container line, and after that, well, we can look forward to very warmly starving to death. That is, of course, if we don't all resort to survival cannibalism and start drawing lots. Or someone gets really proactive and tries to walk out of here, which would be at least 700 miles to the Germans at Neumeyer across the ice shelf. But the shelf is part of the problem, because there's a crack in it big enough to drop a building down. And that's why I'm here, obviously. Ice shelf ocean interaction. Before everything went tits up, we took a boat out to Paradise Harbour to put a hydrophone under the water and listen to the ice melting. You'd think it sounded like water, and it does, but it sounds like air too. It's because pockets of air get trapped as the shelf forms, little bubbles of ancient air. And then when the shelf goes... Oh, here, I'll show you. Listen. That's the sound of the world ending. I know what you're thinking, Teresa. Who'd be a glaciologist? At this stage, you might as well have been a plumber. But no one volunteers to go to the bottom of the world for months of darkness because they're so fucking well-adjusted. I don't think we ever sorted out why, though, did we? It's just... When I was ten, my dad took me out to Carnforth at Christmas. Then we went to Tarn House. The lake was frozen. The whole thing, all up the valley with the trees on either side. And I could hear it. The ice. It sounded, I remember thinking it sounded the way a whale must sound under the water. Though obviously I'd never heard a whale. My dad was telling me to come back right now, but I just stepped out onto it. Softly, softly. I had no idea if it would hold me up all that water. And I echoed when I moved. I was ten years old and I thought, I want to know how this works. You can tell everything from ice. A slice of an ice core can record a volcano that erupted during the Holocene, or the smoke from a Victorian factory, or, or Chernobyl, all of it. The past is kept for us in the planet's freezer. We move the air by breathing it, and the ice remembers us. He always said it was like I was living with my bags packed in Cambridge. Moving very lightly through the world, not wanting to stick. Obviously... Obviously, the current situation would suggest you were right, you know, about the attendant risks. But just to be clear, it wasn't like you dumped me and I thought, well, it's Antarctica or nothing then. I used to think about the world ending all the time. I'd watch that video on YouTube of the Alilisat Glacier carving. I'd watch it on my phone while you were sleeping. It was like... It's like a city turning over in a superhero film. When this shelf carves, it'll be the size of London. We've done the maths. Fracture mechanics. 
I used to think we deserved it. I used to think that we deserved it and I'm not sure that I think that anymore. I think... I thought we were essentially bad. Humans, I mean people, and we... We have... There are things we've done that are bigger than our ability to comprehend them, but even then... What I'm saying is I hope we live. I hope you do. I'll read the book this time. I'll read the book and this time it'll be different. Are you there? Don't answer that. You've been listening to Fracture Mechanics by Hester Styles Vickery, starring Kate O'Flynn. Fracture Mechanics was directed by Georgie Steat, with sound design by Nicola T. Chang. It was produced by Hugh Rice Eyre. Through the Painkiller Project, Bitter Pill has been collaborating with emerging playwrights since April 2020. Visit our website, bitterpilltheatre.com, or follow us on Twitter for updates of upcoming submission windows. If you would like to support the work we do, please consider pledging to our Patreon to make a donation that would be repeated each time a new play is released. Alternatively, you can make a one-off donation through PayPal. Any donation made would mean the world to us. For more information, follow the links in the description. You can also support the project by sharing it with your friends and giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 